I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This week on Feel Good Friday, new male birth control drug paralyzes sperm. Oral sex is stoking the flames of throat cancer. Robots can now make babies. A woman's dog sniffed out an organ donor. And the psychology of ghosting your friends. Beautiful, beautiful. I, th- I think we might have to because that intro uh, was a uh, fucking that got me. Whew, we might have to up, take it yeah. back actually, and and if you could just do like twenty percent more energy. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit flat. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, right before we get into it, um, it is Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month. No shout, shit. Shout, oh, right, May. Shout out to all the CFers mm. out there and the uh, CF families. And speaking of today, as we record this, so today is May third. Uh, this is coming out two days from now. Uh, as you are listening to this right now, if you're listening on Friday, the registration has been open for Lawn Summer Nights for two days. You can register a team now. Lawn Summer Nights is happening in cities across Canada. Off the top of my head, I think this year, the main cities are uh, Vancouver, I believe Regina, Toronto, Halifax, there's probably another one that I'm forgetting, and I'm so fucking sorry. Ottawa. Uh, and uh, might be Ottawa. And in Ontario, specifically, there's a few cities in Ontario that are doing pop-up uh, Lawn Summer Nights, where they're doing one and or two nights in the month of July Nice for Lawn Summer Nights. <clears throat> for people who don't know, Lawn Summer Nights is a fantastic event that happens every year, uh, typically in the summer. It's uh, the Thursday, each Thursday in July, and it's a lawn bowling tournament. Um, and the whole thing is to raise awareness and to raise money for cystic fibrosis. Did you say that that as people listen to this, registration has been open? It's for been two open days? for two days. So which yeah, means that, which means that if you're not fucking on the ball right now as yeah. you listen to this, you might have missed your shot yeah. to get a team in. But that doesn't mean that you've missed your shot to attend. That's right. When it happens in July, and uh, and uh, like I mean, we could talk about fucking lawn summer nights for hours because it's such a such a killer are we rating champions we are the rating are. champions i thought you were gonna say we could talk about it for hours because we're just good at lawn bowling this is uh this is actually true <laughs> rating nova scotian lawn bowling champions and so if you want to if, if you live in nova scotia in particular and you want a piece of this Sign up. Yeah. Come, come, come get up. some. Come, come get a taste of this some. medicine. Um, so uh, here, actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the give you the deets right here. Um, it is taking place. Um, uh, so yes, May third today. Uh, actually, we should uh, register because it just it's opening up in 20 minutes. So uh, we want to get on there. But it's happening in Vancouver, Regina, Toronto, Ottawa, and Halifax. And uh, and then again, there's those pop ups in cities in Ottawa or in Ontario. So if you want more details, go to lawnsummernights.com mm-hmm. 
and uh, can't wait to see whoever shows up you know what? on the and pitch. You never know. The fuck they call it the, this, la- the lawn. The lawn. It this must be a lawn. This might actually be the last year that they do lawn summer nights, um, because I think it hasn't really made its way around yet. Um, but it's a very dangerous sport. Yeah, incredibly it's, deadly. It is. Uh, it's one of the most dangerous. That's right. Sports on the. There are more. Earth. There are more hips and uh, broken and ankles shattered in. Um, yeah. But that's because. Um, Everybody who plays lawn bowling outside of lawn summer nights are old as fuck. Something to do super, with the demo. Super old. It's a little bit. It's very demo specific. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, yeah. It actually has the most active uh, uh, death deaths during a, uh, matches in, yeah. in a, compared to any sport in North America. Yeah. So the next time you compete in your next uh, bare knuckle boxing match, just remember it's not as dangerous as lawn bowling. That's right. That's true. Now let's get into. I've got some. I got some. I got some good stuff lined up this week, guys. Sweet. I got some good, like, fascinating shit. Let's start with this one um, uh, story that just recently came out. Uh, it's about male birth control. And uh, there is a male birth control drug that has been shown to be 100% effective in mice. But the way that it works is so fucking interesting. Okay, so... Also, also before you get into it, is it just me... Or is male birth control been in the news like every few weeks for the past handful of months? Like it seems like yeah. it seems like there's, there's a, always something coming. There's up. something it's, coming up. It's probably the milestones of this study that they just keep reporting on. Can you guys imagine a couple of little rats? Um, I think having this is sex. A, this is a new one. I, um, can I, I imagine, imagine it? it? Yeah, yeah, imagine yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm imagining it right now. Fully can. It's pretty easy. To be it's, totally. It's pretty, is it cute? Is that uh, how you describe it? I think there's probably a degree of cuteness to it. Jer's. Jer's feeling, feeling really, really interesting about this. Thought. Yeah, stop breathing so heavy. Wow, dude. never mind. Forget oh I God, said that. Sweating. Oh uh. Okay. Um, so I love that sound. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a drug. Get, get this. It is a drug that temporarily paralyzes sperm. So uh, it could be. It could become the first on-demand male birth control pill. Um, in mice, the contraceptive was 100% effective at preventing pregnancy for about two hours with full fertility returning 24 hours later. So, so the idea is, um, you know, instead of, instead of going to the store and buying a condom and putting the condom on, I dropped my monster condom that I used for my Magnum Dom. Uh, you would take a pill and the pill would, basically be effective for you have two hours to have hanky panky fun time. And in that two hours, if you bacock, you're, you're going to kind of just like have what I, what I do. Right. There's no swimmers in your load. Well, there will be swimmers, but they'll just be paralyzed. They'll They'll just just be, be they'll just be napping. You'll still, you'll still lazy swimmers. Jettison them outward. That's right. You know what? I, Listen, guys, They're not I just going want to, anywhere on their own. I want no. to preface this by saying, like, I'm all for male contraceptive. Yeah. Um, and, and in particular, like a male birth control like that, I would consider 100% consider taking that. I think they need a bit of help with their marketing yeah. campaign because, like, just kind of saying that they we temper temporarily paralyze your sperm. And then, like, you mm-hmm. know, for two hours, if you, if you have sex in that window and ejaculate inside your partner, you know, Hundred percent chance you're not gonna have babies. That hundred percent doesn't feel super 
it doesn't feel like a strong it doesn't 100% feel like, to me, if you know what I mean. It doesn't feel like a firm 100 But you don't you know think, what I mean? You don't think that that's <laughs> you know what I mean, more... Though? You don't think... I, I get what you're saying, but you don't think that's more enticing than, like, wearing a fucking tight rubber suit? No doubt. On your wiener? Dude. No doubt, but, like, <laughs> you know... But condoms have their place, but they suck. For, yeah. For sure. For sure. But, like, it's something about the idea of it. Like, wearing that yeah. uncomfortable latex glove over your dick... Feels pretty certain. Like yeah. other than like, you know, if it if there's a tear or sure. something happens, like a mistake happens, then then like in that case it doesn't feel so certain. I know, but women but have had like, to deal with had to deal with the fact yeah. that they're taking a pill you know, right. every Listen, day forever. Nothing you know? no, like nothing this is my opinion. You better be my, careful here, Bray. My I'm saying my opinion on this has nothing to do with like the the whole picture of the entire thing. Yeah. I'm just saying specifically to the marketing of the product. Like there is, there is there's something a, probably about, a better way to yeah, position sure, it. There yeah, is something man. about paralyzing your sperm. Yeah. You could say we just turn them off. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We just we, turn your sperm just off. Say we there's we a tuck thing. them in. We tuck them in. We tuck them in. We turn. We just turn off the faucet. No, the no faucet's honestly, on. Dude, faucet's on. Uh, honestly, we turn. I don't know. We paralyze them. I, I have a good idea. I have a good idea. Don't tell us how it works. We tase them. What about we, ta- we tase your sperm? Yeah, no, yeah. just don't tell us how it works. If you tell me it's 100% effective and yeah, you can but, prove that in a study, oh, I don't on. need to know how yeah, it works. Yeah, you do, dude. No. You want to know how that works. You know do you know how, how, yeah, you know how female you birth control works? Uh, yeah, controls estrogen and progesterone, I believe. Are you sure about that? Dude, yeah. Dude. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> so like, fucking, yeah, are you serious? Dude? You're asking me? I mean, fuck yeah, I know. So anyway, I'm just saying there's I bet I bet if you I bet if we went on the street and did like guy on man on the street reporting. Well, and dude, if you guys, go on the street and guys do man on the street reporting and say like, where is the clitoris? Nine out of ten of them are going to go. That's uh, what I'm on saying. The forehead? <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, Brian's probably Brian probably has a point there because I I'm not even sure that I'm certain about that. And I think I probably know from the just just from the whole fucking infertility. Oh wait, are you, are you talking about how 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 the pill works? Birth yeah. control. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, dude, it 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 paralyzes the ovaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is uh, in the male contraceptive field, totally revolutionary. Says uh, Jockin Buck at Cornell University <laughs> in New York, dude. What do you, how do you spell it? J O C H E N B U C K. Joaquin. Joaquin Buck. Now it's Yoakum. it's a it's Yokin. It's probably Yokin, uh, but I like Jockin. Jockin Buck. Uh, that's gonna be my new. That's gonna be the new name that I input into Buck Hunter at the arcade. Definitely Jockin Buck. Um, most other prospective male contraception contraceptives in clinical development are only effective after eight to twelve weeks. He says. So this is like immediate it's like you pop you know whatever you pop the pill or yeah, dude, they're fucking paralyzed or, or yeah. that's the part that would be hard to trust i wouldn't right. trust that it wouldn't work i would be concerned initially and i'm sure that they have an answer for this but i would be concerned about the timing of taking it yeah like because that's a short window dude yeah when do you know when exactly when it starts guys, and if you're guys. if you're anything like you know some of us in this room And you can just like, you know, you're basically an endurance athlete. Um, and like you're banging, you're banging for like minimum nine hours. Um, you're probably going to, you're probably not really going to want to have anything to do with this. But, but, since, but since you're an endurance, guys, but since you're an endurance athlete, you know all about 
mid exercise feeding. <laughs> guys, guys. <laughs> so you just know how to time that right. intake. Yeah. Guys, guys, listen. I feel like you're missing my point a little bit here because my point is not because Dude, immediately, <laughs> immediately I said, immediately after I said this, Taylor, you're like, yeah, you know what? I don't know if I could really trust the fact that it's paralyzing it during this exact window of time. This is my point is like, as soon as you start to explain how it works, people will start to go, ooh, that sounds a little bit weird, which is why the marketing should not explain how it works. It should, ex- it should, it should just, just explain the benefits, yeah. you know, like, like well, I mean, you take to- this thing, it works right away. Yeah. To Even be if they fair, say you have a two-hour window. To that's be fine. fair, like, and this probably isn't the best thing, but like, if anybody with like a post-nominal says this works, I go okay. Me too. Yeah, yeah. sure. It's definitely it. the most likely answer is that they are far more right than you could possibly right. be. Well, I mean, to get totally, into yeah. it, I mean, I would take this if somebody came up to me and said this works, take it. Yeah, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll gobble it up. <laughs> How's it taste? I mean, if somebody, how many can I take? Yeah, if somebody was a what's if, the max dose? If there was a doctor who said this works, take it, or a commercial that seemed really compelling. in the, the daytime television commercial. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so previous research has shown that sperm require a protein called soluble adenyl adenylyl silase, little s capital A C, mm-hmm. uh, to move, and that men who cannot produce little s a c uh due to rare genetic mutations are infertile that's not what i have but uh so buck buck and his colleagues uh, assessed whether a drug inhibiting sac could be used as a male contraceptive super cool so they're going yo you guys are infertile because you don't have this protein um that the sperm require and so we're looking to like just kind of give you a little dose of that shut off the system for a bit and then it just comes right back to the way it should be. Um, so, so it's if, non-hormonal. If sperm are... In, no, it's, it's protein-based. So if sperm are immobile, they can't travel up the vaginal tract to, the, to fertilize the egg. They just like... I guess they just seep out. I don't know. I don't know what happens there. <laughs> I, mean, I think you don't... Guys, we don't need to think about this stuff. Why are we even thinking about how this stuff works? We, should um, li- we can so- literally... This is one of those things we can just read the headline. Be good. You know? um, the team assessed the movement of sperm collected from 17 male mice, eight of whom received the drug, in samples collected two hours after mice received the drug. Only about 6% of sperm were mobile on average compared to about 30% in samples from control mice. The effect wore off after about 24 hours, which means we not only have an on-demand contraceptive, but one that is also rapidly reversible, says Melanie Baldbach, who... Baldbach. Baldbach. Who also works at Cornell University. Uh, in another test, the researchers paired 52 male mice with females uh, 30 minutes after giving the males the contraceptive drug. After two hours, each pair had mated but there were no resulting pregnancies indicating the contraceptive was 100% effective. The drug also didn't cause noticeable side effects, even when mice received three times the standard dose. See, this is what I want to know. How many can I take? Uh, (laughs) Comparable compound continuously for 42 days. Wow, they're really just fucking giving it to them, eh? Um, So, yeah, so uh, they they also said, quote, what I like about the proposed contraceptive in the study is the on-demand option, says Ulrich shrimp at the KTH Royal Institute of Technology in Sweden. He said, quote, it would act rapidly, temporarily, and is efficient at the first dose. Mm. So 
Uh, they hope to begin clinical trials by 2025. Do you I mean, having an on-demand and non-hormonal and for males birth control is like, it really is kind of the, it's like, it's really hitting all the high notes because one of the, one of the big issues with, well, one of the big issues with birth, con- birth control as it stands now is its biggest problem, A, it's female. It's a female-only situation. B, it's hormonal which has all sorts of potential ramifications. Some good, some bad. Uh, Seems like a lot of bad, though. Uh, We've had so many conversations about the the downsides of it. Good is is, uh, is maybe the wrong wrong term. Desirable is... Sure, yeah. Like some people... Some people really like the way that they can control their periods with birth control. Anyway, um, and then the third But then they get a stroke. And then the third thing is, uh, then the third thing is that if you want to have a baby and you're on birth control and you've been on birth control for a long time, I don't even think it matters if you've been on for a long time, but and you come off of it, it's like I can't remember now. Kyle and I, Kyle went through that. It was like it's like three to six months after you have come off the pill that conceiving is like enters the realm of possibility oh is that, on, is, that on, is that on average or is that like that's like the expected time frame to be huh. able to conceive a, a baby after you've come off birth control interesting so like with this being able to go i popped the pill there's like a two-hour window i mean that's in like consider like weighing that against uh, against j- just in the time frame that you know female hormonal birth control works like a pill that's crazy. Yeah. It's probably time for guys to to like do the work for a bit now. You know, like it should like male contraceptives should Pass just the be baton. the thing. Yeah, like women have done it. You think? Now it's probably men's. Really? You think turn to you do think it for so? a bit. No, actually I'm not sure. Boat, actually never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I, I'm wrong. <laughs> it's men's turn. Oh yeah, it's men's turn. Oh, like it hasn't been our turn oh, really? for long enough. <laughs> uh let's move on. before before we can no longer move on anymore um uh oral sex you guys familiar with this oral oral sex super what is it um it's basically the sucking before fucking oh uh oral sex i'm not familiar can you show me what that looks like i can't show you but maybe this will help never mind i'm familiar okay so oral sex is stoking (laughs) <laughs> oh god oral sex is stoking throat cancer epidemic in uk holy fuck and the u.s <laughs> this, this, is, this, is, what? this is really unfortunate so can we really be sure about this uh well this yeah sounds, we can this we can. sounds like something hard to prove <laughs> it does it does sound like something the the fucking the catholic church came out with um, but unfortunately it is not, um, <laughs> oral sex is stoking an epidemic of throat cancer, uh, which is now more common than cervical cancer in the U S and the UK experts say. Now, can you hazard a guess as to why this might be the case? Dude? Yeah. It's I can actually, say, it's actually quite obvious. I actually did something, um, to show you this last week uh, and I can show you the same way this week, you know, the same way you have those hairs in your nose and then just <laughs> picking your nose like yeah, that. Yeah. And yeah. If, this is your, yeah. the back of your throat. And that makes it weak. Dude, is it actually, is it, is it actually what we think? Is it, is it, is it a, like, is it throat abrasion? No, 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 no. Think about it. Th- think, <laughs> how about this? I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you here. 
I'll help you. It's like it just it's just it's really funny that that's where you guys went. Um, well, you know how like you know how you know you know um, when you buy a chair like when we bought these chairs. This right. is actually something that I <laughs> right, only yeah. became familiar with when we bought these chairs. <laughs> was that? Was that? Was that guys. good? Good furniture. <laughs> 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 okay, okay, okay. Good furniture. Okay. Good furniture comes with a certain rating. That is that is a no, that is a that so, is a, a you guys are so off. <laughs> it's a number. No. It's a number of abrasions that a material no, can withstand. No, no, no. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a clue. Before it fails, <laughs> Man, before I thought, it starts to pill. I, for some reason, I thought you guys would get this so much quicker. I, I okay. Here's a little clue. Think about uh, think about so, so one sentence in which I just read. So throat cancer, which is now more common than cervical cancer. HPV. There you go. It's the HPV. That's what I thought. <laughs> right. So a new study claims that this has prompted a large rise in a specific type of throat cancer called oropharyngeal cancer, which affects, it sounds like what all fucking throat cancer would, I, I would guess would be, but uh, which affects the, 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 the area of the tonsils in the back of the throat. I just want to point out that it wasn't so insane for me to put forward that thesis, considering last week we talked about picking your nose, giving you Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, just want to. Say, <laughs> yeah, sure. I know. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't insane. Sure. That's why I did this. Sure. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Thank you because for that. I think it's the same thing. Yeah. And also, can we? I mean, but here's the thing. My, I so you guys, you guys are thinking of it only from from a position of like. <laughs> a fucking cock banging off the back of a throat, right? right? But this is we're this, talking about. This goes all. This we're goes, talking about. Uh, this goes all, always all, all the all the all all the combinations that we could. That's right. Have an oral sextum. That's right. So, Doctor right. uh, Hisham Mahana from the UK University of Birmingham said this was mainly caused by HPV, which is also the main cause of cancer of the cervix. Uh, Dr. Mahana said people with multiple oral sex partners were almost nine times more likely to develop the cancer. So if you're out there like, uh, you know, if you're out there like, you know, identifying as like the throat goat, you might want to <laughs> just like, just pump the brakes for hey, a dude, second. See, you're the one who's feeding Who's feeding this? No, this, no, you can be this, a throat goat. This, this, it, it, <laughs> a throat goat isn't just guys, penises. Guys, guys, did your throats suddenly get really sore? It does feel fucking. I'm starting to feel <coughs> a little off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, nine times more likely to develop the cancer. Uh, writing Shit. in the conversation, Dr. Mahana said over the past two decades, there has been a rapid increase in throat cancer in the West to the extent that some have called it an epidemic. This has been due to a large rise in specific, a specific type of throat cancer, which we just said it was called or, uh, oropharyngeal cancer. Medical experts have pegged P HPV infection to be the biggest risk factor in developing the disease. HPV is sexually transmitted. For or, uh, oropharyngeal cancer, the main risk factor mm. is the number of lifetime sexual partners, especially in oral sex. Mm. Does it say anything about that being like amplified if you eat ass? Um, no, I think that's a completely different type of, I think that's, that's, that like just ramps up your chances of pink eye. Yeah. That's a, um, it's a pink eye epidemic, which le <laughs> then leads to, um, ocular cancer there, for sure. So there's not so much of a correlation no. here. Um, okay. those with six or more lifetime oral sex partners. So six or more lifetime oral sex partners. So are eight 
0.5 times more Everyone? likely to develop oral pharyngeal so cancer to those who Me? do not practice oral sex. Um, in the in the in the UK, 80% of adults reporting practicing oral sex at have reported uh, practicing oral sex at some point in their lives. So, like you know, lots of people are. What do you? What did, what did you say, Brian? Do you, want, Taylor, do you want to share with the class, Brian? Taylor said... I don't know what he said. Do you want to share with Taylor, the class? Taylor Brian, said Brian everyone thinks I'm being, has... Brian thinks I'm being ignorant of when I think that six sexual partners is low. I, I'm just saying... I, what I'm saying is that I you think... You think that six sexual partners is low? That, that's what you're saying? No, no Taylor... I, no, what no I'm not saying, low. What, what he I'm said is everyone that, what has six is sexual partners. Some people are virgins. Well, no, of course there are. But if... But I'm... That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying... What I'm saying is that I think the proportion of people who have had six sexual partners or more is high. I think you should check your privilege. (laughs) (laughs) My sex privilege? Around 8,300 people are diagnosed with throat cancer each year in the UK, which is about one in every 50 cancer diagnosis at cancers. Sorry, one in every 50 cancers diagnosed, according to the NHS, and more than Two in three cases of mouth cancer develop in adults over the age of 55. Only one in eight uh, happens in people younger than 50, which is 12.5%. Mm. Doctors say that oral sex is the biggest risk factor for developing the cancer, outstripping smoking, alcohol consumption, and an unhealthy diet. Dude, that is a, that is a fucking crazy thing to hear. Oral sex is the biggest risk factor for developing throat cancer over smoking. That's over wild. alcohol and over Guys, unhealthy diet. But 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 that but, is but, such a but, wild but also thing to think. extremely important for people to keep this in context of uh of it's oral sex of, and we just uh, don't want to give that up. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. It's important to remember what we're talking about it's here. It's important guys. to remember that we are not giving this up. Um no, that is that is important to recognize that it's in the context of having a multitude of sexual partners over a period of time and not and not not oral sex in and of itself but that it is contextual it, it, it is dependent upon uh having multiple like so, well, no, so no, what no. i'm saying I mean, so what i'm saying is like it's oral sex on with HPV. multiple uh, like yeah. that, no, that's no, that's no, the part no yes and but the multiple the multiple partners is what increases the risk of hpv being transmitted Ooh, because yes. you're just you're you're gaining a higher likelihood yeah. so, of contracting hpv over over for more and more sexual partners but I'm, what i'm saying is that like if you're out there and you're and you're Pound in the back of throat. And and you've been in a relationship for a long time. Oral sex is not going to be an increased risk factor for you. If you, I feel like you're speaking directly to Kyla right now. (laughs) No, I'm talking to people. I think you're building the case, dude. <laughs> guys, guys, it's guys, not guys, the guys, oral, guys! It's not the oral sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not the oral sex. Oh yeah. Um, I I do listen, wanna, babe. Babe, I, I do want to say that um, that uh, I mean this is this is just this is a great like example of of the importance of like communication uh, with sexual partners. Totally. Um, and and like uh, you know transparency when it comes to your your sexual health. Um. I know that like when we were growing up, I didn't, I don't think that we were offered at least my age, like bracket. I don't think the HPV um, vaccine was like offered to the kids in my high school. Um, 
I know that, like for Kira, for example, she's just a few years younger than me. Yeah, it wasn't for um, me. It was available for them. Um, so the the stats now, I think it's somewhere in like the in in the UK. I was reading it's somewhere like sixty two percent of like of of children in the UK like have been vaccinated Whoa. with HPV. So like it's it's a kind of a common thing in like schools I, to get the uh, HPV vaccination. But for people who uh like uh, like I mean. The chances of all three of us having HPV <clears throat> incredibly high. I remember almost, I thought that, almost guaranteed. I thought the stat of of people our age was like sixty two percent have HPV. I think it's I think it's way higher than that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's some like it's some staggering amount of mm-hmm. people that just just have it. So again, it's like if you um, which which to that case like makes it makes it hard to have the conversation about like your sexual health if you've never been tested for HPV or never had like reason to think to get tested for HPV. But anyway, regardless, um, just a fucking crazy thing to think about. And, um, but, uh, but don't worry, Kyla, like you got, you guys are safe. <laughs> Speaking of now, I, now you did, did, you didn't have, happen to have the lonely, the U S loneliness thing in the show today. Did you? I did not No. So just to, just because you said, you mentioned dead, you know, worse than cigarettes. Um, worse than smoking yeah. for HPV. I don't, I don't know. If, I'm assuming you saw this. Yeah, I did. Uh, on, yeah. on Jerry yeah. News, the Surgeon General in the U.S. said that loneliness is 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 just as as harmful or deadly, potentially deadly to a person as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Statistically, yeah. Um, That's a wild stuff. I would love to know. I would love to like. Smoke I would love them if you got them. You know. I, what I would mean? love to be. Yeah, like, you got friends. To, fucking light them up. Light them up. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to like know more context around and like how they. How they come to that number? I mean, my guess I, would be I like they would they, do it, they would take like like suicide rates, yeah. and then stack that up to uh, cancers and causes like like cardiovascular disease deaths that like that they blink to smoke. I don't know. I but have there's no so many um, negative health outcomes associated with, or probably core like strongly correlated with loneliness. And probably smoking like, fifteen I, cigarettes a day would be one. I, I, isolation. Yeah, because if you're smoking like, 15 cigarettes a day, you are not hanging. You're not hanging out. You're, you're not, not hanging out. You're people. not wasting breath on talking. That's for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's. I'm. I'm sure there's a ton. There is a. I was telling you guys about the Ezra Klein uh, podcast with the the person who was talking about loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I feel like it's a really a really important topic right now, it's especially with the Surgeon General saying that. But um, they were they were saying. I guess the interesting thing from the Ezra Klein show was that they were talking about how we've built our communities to to isolate ourselves more so mm. like like suburban homes you like put up a fence in your yard you live on your your own like we used to have generational <laughs> homes where we live with um uh, multiple generations of family members and yeah like, like now um, we just isolate like and, Willy and, Wonka yeah 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 he had a lot of people living in his house yep um I don't think it was his house but slaves no no that was just it was just like all family there's just like a big old family. Right. Not Willy Wonka. Not Willy the Wonka. Fucking kid. The, the kid and his family. Willy oh. Wonka had a bunch of, uh, I don't <laughs> think they were humans. Oompa Loompas. Oompa Loompas are. <laughs> I thought you were talking about. I mean, maybe, maybe, they, thought... maybe the Oompa Loompas. I mean, I guess the Oompa Loompas could, they were either employees or slaves. There's You're talking about Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. 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 Okay. Charlie, was... his grandpa, uh, his pa, his, his yeah. pop, pop, his mum, mum. <laughs> His Mima. <laughs> yeah, we don't have that anymore. It's very isolating. And the, and the advice and the advice was actually um, 
I mean, one of the one of the forms of advice was really lame. It was find new ways to hang out with people in person. Yeah, mm. um, which is uh, probably the most vague thing you could say. The other the other one was stop spending so much time on social media. Yeah, the yeah interesting, that's a fucking good one. Another thing that they were saying too is like, uh, is that we don't hang, we don't hang anymore. Like they use the word hang. We don't hang just to hang. Like you you schedule meetings with people, and there's always like a purpose. Yeah, to meet. Hang people. time is so hang important. Time is great. We we guys hang. we hang. We fucking hang. Yeah, we, we hang. hang dude. We're uh, we're lucky. Um, yeah. speaking of memas. Uh, let's talk about how the first babies conceived by robots were just born. This is like that. It combined two sounds together. That's good. Yeah, well, good. Well, Everyone hear it again? Yeah. Yep. Oh, cool. There we go. Wow. That's wonderful. Um, I'm super and a, and a little less, you know what I mean? Not necessary. Cause you got way more. Right. Because of the robot. You didn't need the other sound That's because right. you had yeah. the robot. So uh, we may be closer to a breakthrough in creating an automated IFV. It's I- IVF. IVF. It's, it's, um, that's got to be a typo. It is a typo in the whole article, which is That's wild. Yeah. In, well, yeah, because it'd be like, fu- in fertilization you know vitro. This can't trust is it. not trusted. This, was, this is from Fox News. <laughs> um, <laughs> this was Tucker Carlson's yeah. last piece yeah. before he, he, uh, before he uh, left. IVF. Uh, so we're closer to the breakthrough in creating an automated, I'm going to stick to it, IFV than ever before. According to new reports from MIT, yeah, right, a- MIT, what's that stand for? You know what I mean? Uh, technology review. A group of engineers were able to use a robot to inject sperm into human eggs successfully. And what's more, two babies conceived from this process were just born. Wow. The machine that made it all possible was designed by engineers at Sony. <laughs> no, it's uh, some engineers in Barcelona. Um, they, they just turned it into a game. It's like you're sitting at home just like, I'm going to make a baby today. You sit at home just play and you're like, just pump and someone full of a baby somewhere else on earth. That'd actually be a really good idea. Imagine that they like outsource. They crowd, like crowdsource yeah. people playing games. And in the game, you were like doing some other sort of like, objective but like it mapped perfectly to yeah. like the robotics of like inseminating an egg or something yeah and, and it would uh, be and so you were like actually a first person shooter yeah dude. you know you're shooting a target that's not an it's not a sperm and an egg yeah. no it's like you know it's a it's a gun with a bullet well like i mean really a bad guy honestly behind it's, the scenes. it's hard to imagine how a human was ever able to do this job because like it's so small, right? But like, so, right? Isn't so small. So, so okay. Hold on, let me read this because now I, I n- never even thought about this. So, so the machine that made it possible was designed by engineers in Barcelona. 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 They shipped the sperm injecting robot to New York City to a clinic called New Hope Fertility Center to test it. Once there, they put it all back together and then used oh, literally they used a PlayStation Five controller to control the robot. As it injected a single sperm into the waiting eggs. I'm not even You're joking. not making that no, up? No, not making that up. So they used a PS5 controller. Best controller on the market right now. 100%. Just um, the reports note that the robot was used to fertilize more than a dozen eggs. The procedure led to a healthy embryos. And then, as mentioned above, uh, the birth of two baby girls, which, which garnered the, the fertility center two platinum trophies uh, for the success. Uh, they, the success, they say, could be an essential step towards automated IFV. 
Um, when you said platinum trophies, was that a that was a PlayStation, PS, that was a PlayStation, PlayStation reference? Yeah, like an um, achievement. So, yeah. so when you went through IFV, did they? <laughs> was it a human doing it with their hand, injecting the needle and and squeezing it out, or is it a human using like, you know, robot like um? I guess, I mean I guess this is. What I mean that they're is. they're, they're, they're certainly that. using they're certainly using tools. I just. But, I, but are they doing I, it by hand? No, like, no, guys. They take they put the microscope. They put the egg on their finger and they take yeah. they take one of the sperms yeah. and then they just go. Yeah. Because yeah. right. like I mean that's exactly what happens when yeah, right. two people that's are doing it. They, yeah. they just go. There you go. This will work, right? <laughs> Tap um, it together like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and, like and that. what's funny is that it actually like that. want more of that, <laughs> and it works. Oh, that's some of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it actually might have been the person who. Um, lived across the hall from us. They don't live there anymore. But um, we found out like well after we were going through IVF that the person who lived across the hall from us was an embryologist at uh, at the uh, fertility clinic that we went to. So um, an embryologist is is doing it. Right. So info at sickboypodcast.com. Are they doing it with their hands and like a needle and a Petri dish and a microscope? Or are they doing it with those same things but with like a little... Or joystick, but but but, but I mean, I'm guessing you, that they do get, it with their hands because what they're saying here essentially is that now it's a robot. Now it now yeah. it is a machine right. doing it, and someone's controlling it with a yeah. PlayStation Five. Controller. When you That's get your when, when you have um, when you go through all of the um, like drug processes and you have your egg retrieval, which is where they you know they stimulate um, your ovulation and everything, and you produce they give you drugs so that you end up producing you only produce one egg. Um, per cycle, or mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes two. In the in the case of, um, in the case of uh, not identical twins, but uh, fraternal fraternal twins, um, fake twins. But then in but then in the IVF process, they give you drugs that stimulate more follicles in your ovaries, which um, and th- and then they and then they actually trigger ovulation with a with another drug, and like so the timing of triggering the ovulation and then having the egg retrieval is like mm. is like down to within within like a half an hour. Um, with, so there's like a 24 hour period where you have like a super strict protocol so that they can, they can go, this is going to be timed perfectly so that at eight 30 tomorrow morning, we are, you are at the perfect within the perfect window for us to go in and retrieve those eggs. And they, and it ends up producing, you know, anywhere from, uh, you know, I think, I think anything under anything under like six would be considered quite low. And then like anything over, Anything over like fifteen is actually too many, and they might have overstimulated your ovaries. Um, but uh, you end up getting all these eggs, and and you can and the, if you're getting the eggs removed from your ovaries, you you can watch, mm, you right. can watch them take it out right. but so, the, on a screen. So so you literally are watching this person who like the the this is the, the egg retrieval, not the not the insemination. But the per, but. the per, so the person who's doing the egg retrieval at least is like which was my quite literally. Using whatever tools to get the egg that has been sort of pooped out and then, or like, I mean, squeezed out or whatever the whatever thing. it is. Put a, need- but, a needle in your But like, ears. could be chopsticks. The could successful, chop- this could be really pointy chopsticks. Yeah. The success of that retrieval is, is based on like physically how they yes. perform in Finesse. that situation. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Did they, yeah. could they have, could that human being have done a better job or not? Oh, there's definitely a human error possibly involved yeah. in that. Mm-hmm. And I guess so, that, that would like, that would, you know, I don't know the ins and outs. This would be a question for Mike, but you know, you could, I'm sure you could damage an egg or, yeah. or, or just lose one entirely because, or, 
Like no, totally. Yeah. If you have that, if you're like about to suck it in, then you sneeze. Yeah, and then like as you totally. sneeze, you fucking Sneezing. headbutt Kyle in the belly. Yeah. Sneezing would suck. That yeah, would probably yeah, fuck yeah, up. Do you do you think when the when the person is retrieving those eggs and they like they like maybe they push the needle in a little bit too far, like they were they were supposed to like get the egg right on the tip of the needle or whatever, and like they just bumped it a little bit too hard and they're like ah fuck that one up, but like they well they don't they go right it up anyway. to it. They're, like, they're they, like it's kind of like a little suction thingy. Right. They like, like they're like I sucked that one too hard and like I possibly damaged it but we got it and yeah. so like throat in their head cancer. do you think in their head they know that they fucked up like one of the two oh you know, I'm, one sure, of the oh, few I'm eggs sure they've they got, got a feel i'm sure they've got a very good feel for it yeah um so Shit. the interesting thing here is that um currently the ifv industry is made up of uh mil- multi-million dollar laboratories staffed by trained specialists uh but staffing those kinds of facility means uh attempts at getting Pregnant using IFV can cost a lot of money, um, but with simpler systems like this, that cost could be lowered exponentially. Um, and so that's you know that's the idea behind this is to basically make it more to make it cheaper. Um, the company behind this is called Overture, um, and they aren't the only ones making strides in the industry. Um, but currently, is estimated that roughly five hundred thousand children are born through IF. Uh, here's here's a really interesting. By the way. Uh, this article, uh, this article has been it popped up in, in multiple places. I, I read the Vice article, but the one I'm reading is from BGR. So if you want some real shit uh, edited, like shit quality edited articles, go to BGR.com. This is an ad. Um, uh, so just listen to this. It is currently estimated that roughly 500,000 children are born through IVF globally each year. However, with the exorbitant price of IFV attempts, <laughs> <laughs> fuck me, dude. Many don't have access to the medicine or finances to go through the process. Um, however, an automated system that can be done in a desktop setting could change that. So right now, a, a human has to do it with a PS5 controller. But Overture are hoping to take this technology and just automate it mm-hmm. so that uh, li- a literal robot just does it. it. You don't need a human do, to do the work I mean, to get it out. That's what a that's what a, a Neuralink demoed at their their last like investor day or whatever was the <laughs> robot that comes in and does brain surgery mm. on its own, and it was like super compelling. <laughs> they showed videos of it working, and and I mean it I mean, makes a lot of sense. It like re- greatly reduces the potential of human error. Yeah, if you can reduce human error. I I mean I, that is uh yeah I yeah. mean that's what the, that's the promise of self driving. I mean when it comes well. to robots and babies I think there is so much potential to utilize robotics and in it like just in everyday care of babies like I don't know if you guys saw this but the robotic baby burper it's like this this thing is incredible like watch this So if your baby needs to be burped, you just watch how effective this is. Watch. This is amazing. I mean, that's just it's perfect technique. So for uh, people who are just listening, we just watched a, uh, a robotic uh, machine that was like a windmill with hands on yeah, it. You know what, Brian? Roll up to a baby. Go, go to YouTube and watch it. And yeah. really burp a baby. Oh, re- that's really how, you, that's baby. how you really burp a baby, you know? Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's like, I mean, I would say probably like 
98% of all the things that I've had to do for Zaya right now, like, fuck, take it or leave it for me, you know? Yeah, it's like, like yeah. I mean, that You've 2%. You've got a PS5 controller at home. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah like that you fucking just do it like that. I mean, it's really that 2% that I really yeah. enjoy and the other, the other bit, I mean. Mm. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts um here's God. some here's some um here's some good boy news uh a woman's good boy saved her life after finding a matching kidney donor on a beach trip oh, he uh, sniffed her out oh what now i don't know i don't know i got a piece super bad so i don't know if i can stay for the story but i don't know about this but sometimes so this is the this is the article um sometimes we find hope in the most unexpected places. Okay. And it can also prove to be life-saving. So Lucy Humphrey, uh, who is 44, was living with lupus since 2000. And, and she was diagnosed with end-stage renal failure. So that's kidney failure in 2017. Mm-hmm. And she was informed that she needed a new kidney to survive. And by a stroke of luck, she found a donor on a Welsh beach of all places <laughs> Uh, and we know, we know we we love our Welsh. Yeah, uh, I so, totally agree. <laughs> uh, Humphrey and her partner, uh, Senid, Senid, dude, what a fucking Welsh people had the craziest names. C e n y d d Senid. That's a uh, yeah. Senid. Yeah. Yeah, um, her partner Senid. Uh, had been looking forward to taking their dogs on a camper van holiday. However, they had to abandon their plans since Humphrey's regular dialysis treatments required her to stay within close proximity to her healthcare providers. Consequently, she could not be away for more than a few nights. Hence, the couple decided to take their dogs to Cold Nap Beach in Barrie and do a barbecue. <laughs> According to Wales Online, her pet Doberman, my favorite breed of dog in existence. I fucking love Dobermans. Um, her pet Doberman, Indy, uh, uh, they, they brought Indy. Uh, oh, Indy had some other plans as they approached the beach. I thought this was going to be a heartwarming story, but now that you said Doberman sniffed it out on the beach, did the Doberman go over Dude. and rip the kidney <laughs> out of the person's belly yeah. and bring it and to And just her? brought it over and was like, Mommy, Holy shit, those Indy, dogs, I got, I got you. Those dogs are, they're the real retrievers. So Indy repeatedly approached a nearby camper van where a woman sat and uh, was engaged in crocheting. Um, Indy went over like three times back and forth to, to this one woman, Humphrey explained. She was minding her own business, camper vanning on her own. Eventually... Senyid went over to apologize and we got to chatting and we invited her to our barbecue. Um, <laughs> it turns out they're in, they're, uh, they're, guess where they're, they're, they're from. 
Hotter toys win more than that. I know. Not hot leather to oil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so offensive to who, to wherever those people <laughs> they're, are they're, they're Welsh. They're Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually from the interview. So, no, it wasn't. That was what Sunid said about so, the, yeah. So Sunid went over and they, start, they started chatting with this lady and they said, come into our barbecue. And it turns out that the stranger Indy was bothering was a woman named Katie James who had recently joined the kidney donation registrar to donate. The 40-year-old told Humphrey that she could not drink alcohol because she was on dialysis. Eventually, James realized that Humphrey was on a waiting list for a kidney transplant, and she was like, I'll give you my kidney. And they swapped telephone numbers. Uh, Humphrey didn't think anything up would come of it. But sure enough, she calls her up. She goes to donate the kidney. They were a match. Uh, and she gave her a kidney. So the dog sniffed it out. The dog did it. It was all the dog. I mean, yeah. the dog knew. Definitely was, not the uh, dog. Yeah. But yeah, cute that, story. That was, I mean, um, honestly, I think what's happening here is that it was, it was, uh, it was divine intervention and, it, and God and a, angels did it. But the dog was actually just sniffing out treats. I think this yeah. story could think, also highlight the loneliness thing where like, you know, we're so isolated as people that like, like the tr- the truth is is like hey if we just talk to one another we can actually find a lot of solutions to our problems and the people around yeah. us yeah, yeah I mean they went up to that stranger and were like you want to come to our hey it's on to my left to club to the barbecue you know yeah, yeah. And, then, and it was it was literally like this and then and then she responded it was like oh again let me get more into that oh that was her yeah 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, so there we go. There's that's a good boy. Good boy, Indy. Or well, good a uh, good boy, girl. <laughs> a good, good dog. dog. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Um. Well, let's finish it off with. Finish me off. Let's let me finish you off here. <laughs> with, <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> let's uh, let's finish things off with a, an, an article that I actually find quite interesting because I want to kind of get your guys' take on this. Um, so this is a this is a Psy Post article about ghosting. Are you guys familiar with ghosting? It's a new movie on Apple TV. Didn't we Chris just talk Evans about and, zombieing? And a Dharma Who was zombieing again? Zombieing is when you uh, ghost someone, but then you come back from the dead like three months later with like a hey, what's up? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're right. So so ghosting. That's that's funny. Where do we hear that? That that's actually quite funny. I don't know. I like it was, that uh, from Nathan. I like that. Probably, yeah. Uh, right, our Gen Z um, consultant, consultant yes. that we pay uh, in high fives. Honestly, that's <laughs> why. That's probably why this podcast is so busting. Yeah, dude, hundred percent busting. Uh, so, um, ghosting friends has been linked to an increased depressive. Uh, it has been linked to increased depressive tendencies over time. Hmm. Who's ghosting friends? I do this. I do, so, but, but we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So a two-way panel survey of young adults revealed that ghosting friends and ghosting partners are two different phenomena. So ghosting romantic partners is predicted by communication overload. So example, receiving more messages than one is able to handle, and it had no impact on well-being, while ghosting friends was predicted by one's self-esteem and increased depressive tendencies over time. And the study was published uh, in Telematics and Informatics. Um, so ghosting happens when one terminates communication with another person without explanation. 
And thanks to blocking features of modern digital communication applications and devices that allow one to completely block communication attempts by another person, ghosting has become a, a novel relationship dissolution strategy in the modern age. So oftentimes we hear about ghosting through like dating apps, right? Mm -hmm. And actually when I read, when I read about this, it makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, the ghosting thing with romantic partners or like, you know, potential romantic partners It makes a lot of sense to me the way that they put it here because I always thought like I I mean I've I when I was on dating apps I I've ghosted people and but now when I read like why they're the 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 like reason the, the why predictions people, as to why why people ghost it's people. receiving more messages than one is able to handle it's like it's like communication overload which tends is so easy to happen on something like Bumble or Tinder. When you're, you know, say you have like seven matches and people are messaging you and you're, you're just kind of like, man, fuck, I don't know. I can't like keep up with this. And it so also you just happens, like fall off on it, it can also happen like generally in terms of like, you don't mean to necessarily ghost an individual person for any reason, but you get like with your email or with your text messages, sure. you get like, you realize, look down, and you're like, holy fuck. Oh, if I can't like deal with I this got, right now. I got 10 messages Dude. from eight different people and I don't yeah. even know I where get, to start. Yeah. I get ghosting now, friends now more than ghosting. This is specific to romantic. I this get, is specific to like romantic. Yes. Um, romantic partners. I was going to yeah. say, I get ghosting friends more than I get uh, ghosting romantic partners because like, I feel like with you the romantic you get part it like you understand it or you, I it's happening it. to you? No, no. I, un right. I understand in the sense that like, I feel like it's so easy to send a message to someone and say that you're not interested in, in them. Right. Like if, if that's the, if you're choosing to like ignore them, it's probably easier for you just to say, Hey, sorry, I'm no, I'm totally, not a hundred percent, hundred percent. But people, I mean, but like for, with friends, that's hard because like, yeah, I, I mean, I, like I, one, one thing that I feel really guilty about, um, is when I lived in Dubai for five years, I had like a, a best friend group in Dubai, like guys that I spent, you know, almost every day or two with, uh, I'd, I'd see them like almost every day. And to me, those were like my best friends at the time in, in Dubai. And, and I love those guys and I really enjoyed spending time with them. But it's so, so hard for me as a person to like keep up with those people now that I know that I'll almost certainly never get to see them again. And it doesn't devalue the relationship or time, like what they mean to me in my life or, or, mm -hmm. or what I experienced in that time. Mm -hmm. Like I fucking, I love those guys, but I feel super guilty that like they live on this planet and I never reach out to them. Yeah. But you can also feel okay. And I don't mean this as a joke. That like, and I, and also not to be hurtful, but like that they're also probably, hopefully, not too bothered by your yeah. absence, yeah, because like their lives go on too, yeah. So I, <laughs> so, yeah. so I mean, you're the main character; they are devastated, no, yeah. And I I know that, and I understand that, but I just wish like it, it comes to the capacity thing is like yeah. I just wish that I had the the capacity to maintain relationships yeah. like that because. It's nice. So I, I, I like that's sort of the boat I'm in. Like I, I, I mean, probably the reason why I would have a hard time ghosting a friend who lives in the same city as me is because it's highly likely I'm just going to run into them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so, and, and I'll, and, and not that I think about it that way, but like, that's probably just what's happening where it's like subconsciously, subconsciously. Yeah. Uh, but, feeds but like, your, your like Mark would be a good decisions. example yeah. or like anybody who, who I, who, or, or uh, like people who move from move away and they go live in a different city or I've moved away and I live somewhere else. It's just in my nature to like same sort of lose, lose contact. And, but sometimes it even happens when they reach out oh. and I, and I get this like overwhelmed. It's like a sense of overwhelmed. 
I don't know. It's like it's 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 this weird like cycle of of guilt that builds up and then and if it, if it if the ball starts rolling that way i can't get i it's like i can't surpass it and so then because i felt felt guilty, guilty that i didn't get back to them that sort of perpetuates a lack of doing it anymore and like maybe there is some sort of like like similarities to things that happen with like people that have adhd mm-hmm. Where it's like you just the guilt of like the guilt of of like that that productivity paralysis of of just it's, like, a, it's a big that is a big uh, part of ADHD yeah, yeah. totally and so like I I feel like there's similar in in the mechanisms of, of which is happening it's like you're guilty because you didn't do it but be, and because you're feeling guilty you 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 don't want to engage in doing it so anyway most people and many people rather uh, particularly young people have firsthand experience with ghosting. Uh, studies show that roughly 30% of young people have ghosted someone and that 25 have been, 25% have been ghosted and that 44% have uh, been in both positions. Um, but there, uh, the few studies that explore the phenomenon of ghosting mostly focus on being ghosted and studied it in the, in the context of rom- romantic relationships. Um, ghosting has been found to be associated with a lack of psychological well-being and increased levels of distrust in the relationship. Uh, the study author, Michaela Farai, uh, and her colleagues wanted to explore the factors that precede ghosting and those that develop as a consequence of ghosting in romantic relationships and in friendships from ghosters' perspective. She said, my interest in the topic was sparked by seeing many people post about similar, seemingly similar experiences with ghosting on social media. Uh, in particular, I was intrigued by ghosting among friends, as well as perspective, the, the perspective of ghosters, both of which uh, have received relatively little scholarly attention. Admittedly, I have some personal experience with this topic too. Like many others, I have also ghosted others. So for the new study, the researchers conducted surveys at two time points, four months apart. Answers of a total of 978 participants were analyzed from the first survey. Of these, 415 participants completed the second survey. The average age of participants was around 19 years old, so really young people. Um, And it was slightly more females than males. Participants were asked about how often they ghosted others in romantic relationships and how often they ghosted others in friendships, but they paid attention not to use the word ghosting, uh, but instead to ask participants about behaviors that constitute ghosting. So breaking off contra- uh, contact on social media with someone without letting them know why, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So additionally, participants completed assessments of communication overload on social media. So an example, I often feel over, overwhelmed by the flood of personal messages on social media. Um, self-esteem, uh, so four items from the Rosenberg self-esteem scale. And depressive tendencies based on the Center for Epidemiologic Studies depression scale. And results showed that communication overload predicts ghosting others with romantic relationships, but not friendships. So in other words, participants ghosted romantic partners when they felt overloaded but not friends and in the same manner participants with greater self-esteem were more likely to ghost friends but not romantic partners so she said quote i was particularly surprised that communication overload predicted ghosting romantic partners but not ghosting friends this is one of the aspects that i saw mentioned on social media rather frequently but as we argue in our paper temporarily taking more time to reply to one uh, to one's to one might be more acceptable 
-hmm. Interacting with romantic partners can be demanding and ghosting can present a way to avoid harms due to communication overload. So perhaps this is why we may, why it may occur more frequently. Okay, wait. So uh, low self-esteem was connected to the reason why people ghosted friends. Yeah. Um, communication overload was connected to ghosting relationships, but not friends. That's right. So like friends, like you're typically more lenient with like the amount of time it takes to reply. So like sure. you might like only reply to your friend after a week of right. getting the message. Jordan texts me like yesterday, like want to go get a beer tomorrow. And then like I text Jordan today at like, you know, 2 PM and go, Hey, yo, just, uh, just getting around to this. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Like that's, or worse, in a, a little, few days, and go, oh shit, I didn't see this message. Sorry, sure, but you're still friends. But it, like, <laughs> if I did that to Kira, you know, yeah. it's just like yeah. three days later, I'd be like, hey, sorry, just seeing this. It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that don't fly. Yeah, you know? right, exactly. Um, I mean, that makes sense. It does make logically. Sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, but the low self esteem thing is interesting because, like the <clears throat> the time that that makes sense, but low self esteem being connected to not getting like to ghosting your friends. Um, I'm curious about that. I don't really. I also, I, I'm also <clears throat> just curious about a factor that I, they, <clears throat> I'm not sure if they explored in this, but like how much of a dick is your friend? Well, no, <laughs> but like, I don't have, and then, and maybe this is just me. <clears throat> well, obviously it's not just me, but just me and maybe this circle. Um, like I, I, I don't have, I don't have, I have very few, if any, like peripheral friends. Like I don't have very many friends that I like aren't, that I'm not good friends with, that I'm not like that. I don't have like a super solid relationship with. That's worse than smoking 15 cigarettes a day, my like, dude. And what I mean is that what, and what, and what I mean is that I, all I have is close friends. Right. Like I, 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 I have a, pretty solid and relatively small group of like probably no more than 10 probably less than that like good friends good friends that you know i could yeah that 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 i just have really solid relationship with i would i would disagree with that i would say you have peripheral friends i would say that you don't make an effort to you, like you don't think of like you'll see people you know out and about or maybe like through kyla or like through friends of friends that you're like peripherally friends with but you would never make an effort to hang out with them on one-on-one -on -one, and you're okay with that. And they're likely okay with yeah, that. I guess maybe I just don't put them in a friend category. Uh, we should make a list of them. We'll tell them. Yes. Yeah, Dox them right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 but I, but maybe that is, maybe that is the case. Like, I, but where like communication wouldn't even be like those people are, those people wouldn't even be people who I'm in communication with. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have no reason to be in communication with them because like we don't, cause that's not part of our relationship. Our part of our relationship isn't communicating via messaging or meeting up and having a drink or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like all the people that I do that with are close friends. So that's what, so, so I, so my question is like, you know, and, and when you say Mark, for example, like, I wouldn't consider Mark a peripheral friend. I would consider Mark a good friend who lives in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. So like, mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is when he's here or we're there, you know, we see him. Mm -hmm. Same Dick Dennis, my, my oldest, one of my oldest friends ever, your brother. It's like, I don't really talk to Dennis that much at, at all. He lives in Dubai when he's here, see him every day. Mm -hmm. um, but like, do you guys have, do you guys have those 
relationships, like relationships that are kind of like, you know, you go and get a beer every once in a while. For sure. Yeah. yeah I've, Definitely. I have, yeah. I've, yeah. I have quite a few of those. And like, I think of like Matt Slaney for me is like what, like a person that I absolutely love, but he had a baby in January. I haven't met a baby yet. Like I haven't. Yeah. And, and like he, oh, he's sorry, a firefighter. Right. So sorry, I thought, he works during the day and like, I'd love to spend more time with him. But I think, I think for me, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't call Matt a peripheral friend. I'd call him a good friend that I just don't see often. But, um, but like, I think yeah, it has to peripheral do with, friend is a bad I think it has to do term. with like your friend groups, like your, our core group of friends, like the, the 10 friends that you're talking about Taylor are, are like, like mostly one friend group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so like, like I have friends from, you know, university or soccer or whatever that like I want to keep in touch with that I like spending time with, but like it's hard to make, especially as you get older and you spend more time with your closer yeah. friends and your family. This, this, hard to spend time with this article people. isn't speaking about peripheral friends, right? It's it's just talking about friends in general. So so like I think that's what's fascinating to me, right? Exactly, and so so. Another, like I could never even I couldn't even conceive of that yeah. with a with a close friend. I I mean and and I I fucking definitely can. So an- another key result is that ghosting others can have a negative effect on one's well-being. Uh people who stated that they had ghosted friends in the past were more likely to report increased depressive tendencies 4 months later. Uh based on these findings, we would like to encourage people to reflect on their ghosting behavior, especially within friendships so as to avoid negative consequences for themselves as well as potential ghosties. Um, I've had, like, I've had a legit conversation and, and, you know, we're, we're speaking to people that we're speaking about people that no one knows. Uh, a good friend of Mark, like one of my best friends grew up with him. I'm the fucking godfather of his son. Like I, I was ghosting Mark there for a big old chunk of time. And then, and then, you know, after months of like, just avoiding conversation one day, like, mustered up the the strength to like make that communication happen and in that conversation literally going expressing to him like hey dude like i'm i'm so sorry like i'm racked with guilt right now i'm so sorry that i wasn't in touch and like i don't know in that period of time when i wasn't talking to mark it had nothing to do with mark it had a hundred percent to do with i was like going through a really depressive state was at like a period of my life where I was at a low, low, low point. Things were like not going well. I was feeling somewhat depressed. And that is my tendency to do that, that, that I did to Mark in moments like that. When I'm like having, mm-hmm. when I'm not okay mentally. <clears throat> to withdraw. I just withdraw from like pe- important people in my life. To which, and this makes so much sense, like it just then compounds and makes things fucking worse because Mm -hmm. not only are you struggling with the things that are right in front of your face, whether it be like relationship troubles or work troubles or, you know, whatever, whatever's causing your mental health grief, then you're on top of that. You're stacking this guilt that comes with like, I know that I haven't responded to this fucking person that I love and it just makes it so much worse. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I've, I've been through that. And when I read this article, it just made me, it just reminded me like, Hey, when you catch yourself doing this thing, that is a good sign because you're going to know once it's, once you do it, you know, you did it. So once you know, you have done this or you're like leaning towards doing this, that is a really good sign for you to kind of pull back and go, what's going on around me and mm-hmm. in my life. 
that is causing me to feel the need to do this? Because if I am in the place of feeling the need to do this, something's not okay. Mm -hmm. That's a very And oftentimes when we are in that place of like, something's not okay, we don't even notice it. Totally. Like that period of time where I was fucking struggling. It's like I, you, you, you take the hardships of your mental health and you fucking push it away. It's like, I knew what I know. I, in retrospect, I look back and I go, Fuck, dude, I could tell you why you were depressed. When you're in it, it's the veil veil of misperception. I would also say, um, you know, I I relate to a lot of what you're saying too, Jaron. And, and, you know, in the last uh, um, month, you know, you and I I have been going to the gym together in the mornings and I've adopted a lot. It's a purpose um, excluded me. I don't. <laughs> no, we've, we've asked you to go. You just, you're I've like, I don't want to get too. I've asked you to go. We, we've gone. Tay, come to the gym with us, and you go, guys. Honestly, as a as a butt dart enthusiast, I just I gotta get. I just gotta get so weak and small. <laughs> yeah, up yeah. From the I waist. just like, like I don't up, want yeah. waist up. Yeah, waist yeah. up. Anyway, and we we're like, dude, come you. get. Come get the jacked up. But yeah, you put on the calories and yeah, you, go <laughs> and you put on the muscle. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I I do want to say so I. And and in doing that, I've also been like motivated to um, get more sleep at night and to eat better. Yeah. And so I've been feeling a lot better because I've been exercising and eating and sleeping better, um, which is then also in turn made a huge difference in my mood. Also, um, going through like a, a losing my other job and then focusing more on the work with you guys, um, I've like reduced stress, adopted these better habits, have felt way better mood wise. And have now gotten into a position where I'm like, oh, I want to reach out to more friends. I want to spend more time um, like with my closest friends, which for a long time I wasn't because, you know, I would work during the day and then I would do work at night and I would be overwhelmed all the time. And I didn't have good habits to like sort of make myself feel better in those situations. So like even just having a healthier lifestyle um, can help you a lot in terms of like how you feel socially. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... Healthy Definitely. lifestyle choices make it easier and oftentimes are like when you're spending time working on a healthier lifestyle, it provides time to be re- time and space to mm-hmm. be reflective. Yeah. Yeah. I think Maddie's noticed it the most. Like she's, she definitely, I think she notices that my mood in general is better. Yeah. yeah. She's cowering less. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. I mean, <laughs> that's um, not even funny to joke about. I but just mean because you're so because because you can be because you can be so assertive. Yes, like right. Yeah, of course, of course. My mistake. Yeah. Like I'm you're the dude. It. Like you're the you're like you're the you're the dude is just explaining things way too assertively. I mean, that, yeah. The sh- yeah, Maddie, yeah. Maddie texted me. He was like, "Have you noticed Brian like mansplaining way less?" And I was like, "Dude, yeah. Like totally. even to me, he mansplains to me because he's been going to the gym. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. What you were trying to explain there is that like I would really like explain." over explained like jokes and things and like and like yeah, now more more like a, more ai stuff. yeah yeah of course i mean that's what you're trying to capture there by explaining that and also me. things that like you just have zero like totally yeah zero like like te- like telling her how to insert a tampon like, uh, it's like of course yeah yeah what <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean like yeah, yeah. babe it's yeah. weird yeah. but I, but i feel like i do know it's like because, this you know like i Let can show you and and like i do know that right because like i can picture that in my head yeah and so clearly to me totally. yeah i know exactly what needs to happen yeah so uh that uh that concludes this week's episode of the podcast which is called sick boy and thank you for tuning in we hope you enjoyed it and uh we'll be back next week and by the way a little reminder 
Lawn Summer Nights. Registration is open. If you are in a city where it is coming to you, let's see if I can remember here. Vancouver, Regina, Ottawa, Halifax, Toronto, and some cities in Ontario that are doing pop-ups. Go to lawnsummernights.com, lawnsummernights.com, and uh, and you can register there. And it's a uh, wonderful fundraising event that is um, that is full of really cool, interesting people. So if you're feeling lonely, if you're smoking 15 packs a day, uh, go there and, and do that, and do that, and go yeah. meet some people. Hundred um, percent. Share a uh, cigarette with them. If you, yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you um, if you want to support the podcast, come on over to our Discord. Lots of fun chats happen in there. If you also want to connect with some people, um, and uh, if you want to support the podcast even further, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or leave a rating on the Spotify mobile app. And subscribe. Yes. Yeah, subscribe. And if you want to be on the show, go to sickboypodcast.com and click the button that is obviously there to fill out the guest form to be a guest on the show. Or you can use the exact same mechanism to uh, to to what, why am I? I've lost my, I have my brain. To, to recommend apply. to recommend somebody to elect somebody to be on the show. Um, uh, whether that be a person who's dealing with uh, illness um, and we think we should hear their story that m- more consent based um, or healthcare professionals that you think would be really interesting for us to talk to on our Wednesday episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also sick boy podcast is also uh created by the founders of an amazing company called Snack Labs, which is also us, uh, where we produce podcasts for health associations and other health organizations. So if you want a podcast produced for your health association or health organization or something like that, then reach out to us at we at hello at wearesnack.io. Um, thank you so much to Jeff Lonis, uh, our manager, and to Rich O'Coin for the theme music. We also love both of you guys. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.